This week on the Town Tailgate Podcast, we discuss the social justice issues that are sweeping all across pro sports and how they've impacted Major League Baseball. Then what's going on, Julio? We had a no-hitter this week. That's right. Lucas Giolito of the Chicago White Sox with the first and potentially only no-hitter of the season. We talk about the game as well as the Red Hot White Sox. What's going to be next? You think it's going to be the only no-hitter? I hope not, but probably... And then we jump into A's news, past week's schedule, the call-up of Jonah Hyam at catcher, the send-down of my favorite recent A, Austin Allen, Ramon Laureano slump in the rotation update, and then once we get back from break, what time is it, Julio? It's our favorite time of year? It's the most wonderful time for some trades. That's right, MLB trade deadline, <laughs> even in the world pandemic, we're still going to be talking trades. This will include uh, what teams around the league will be doing, but more specifically with the Oakland A's. Oh, yeah. The buyers and sellers, the major names, and the A's, baby. We think that we're going to be some buyers. Then we cover recover the preview. or blah, blah, Sorry. We preview the coming week, pick our essential tools. I think that's it. And uh, what do you say, Julio? Let's start this tailgate. Let's pull in the parking lot. And let's set up and let's get going. I'm taking Bart today. <laughs> Tread deadline is among us, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the A's could definitely use some help in really just one area. Um, a lot of news going on this week, uh, Julio, though. I mean, uh, we had our first no-hitter. Uh, first one of the season uh, by the White Sox. And then, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, dramatic change in today. We had, a, you know, um, about half the MLB played their games for a certain reason. We'll talk about that later. Um, this is the Town Tailgate Podcast. I'm Chris Madrigal. That is Julio Reynoso. What's up, um, let's, uh, let's start with the fun, though. Uh, first no-hitter of the season, Julio. Yeah, Lucas Giolito. He was lights out. Obviously, he was lights out. He pitched a no-hitter uh, against the pitiful Pittsburgh Pirates. Better luck next year, <laughs> I guess. Uh, he only gave up one walk, which is that's kind of a bummer. He was so close to that no-hitter. Yeah. Uh, but it's if you've been watching – baseball around the league for the, those who aren't listening who listen who don't watch other teams right now the white Sox are a team to watch they've been nine and one the last 10 games their offense is become a huge juggernaut they actually uh, just pulled up the stat right now they actually are, are tied with the a's in run differential in the american league that really one runs yeah their offense is insane and if you see their starters are coming together, like Giolito and Dallas Keuchel pitched today um, and had a really solid outing as well, like that's – they're coming up, man. Dallas Keuchel is solid because he's on my fantasy team, a nice little free agent pickup. He's been pretty He's been pretty good. Uh, I, I've been enjoying that. So if the playoffs were to end today um, – actually, not this was actually kind of based off of the map that you gave me the other day. So maybe it's it was – if the playoffs were to end two days ago – um, the White Sox would be the number seven seed, so they would have made it in the expanded playoffs, which is pretty cool. Um, Lucas Giolito, he's uh, one of their young stars that he, that, you know, with that farm system that's been growing for the past couple of years. Twenty six years old, he was drafted by the Nationals in the first round, and then he was traded. 
Oh, fuck, what trade was he part of? Was I think he, he was part of the, of the Adam Eaton trade. That's what I, okay, cool, cool. That's what I thought. So a couple of good seasons. I mean, he was 14-9 and nine last year with a 3.4 ERA. I think he was an all-star last uh, year, too. He was, yeah, yeah. And he was a Cy Young candidate on top of that, too. He placed, let's see, what is this? Uh, sixth in the Cy Young voting. Um, and on top of that, he had 228 strikeouts last year, dude. 228 fucking strikeouts. And on top of that, he grew up just around the corner from where we're at right now in Studio City. Shout out to the Valley. Did he? Wow, yeah, a lot I, of like, I, dude, Valley guys. North Hollywood, Trevor Bauer. Like, whoa. Dude, if you think about it, baseball's blowing up. We have Trevor Bauer, uh, Giancarlo Sten, Jack Flaherty. I think That's right. Garrett. I could be wrong about Garrett Cole. I got to double check that one. I feel like Garrett Cole's from Orange County. Um, like same area that uh that uh George, or that Brandon Crawford's from, right? Because didn't they grow up together? Uh, Garrett Cole is from oh Newport. Newport. Yeah. But either way. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. A lot of SoCal love. Well, I talked to playing great ball. Lucas Shilito pitched the game of his life last night. Congrats and that was your him. LA talk for the, today's podcast. Yeah, everybody gets one. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know he's just part of that really young talent core that they've been building over the past couple of years, like you know with the Yoan Moncada trade from Boston and stuff like that, just collecting guys and collecting guys. Um, yeah, I mean it's 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 pretty um, it's pretty solid. Uh, did they trade Samarja or did Samarja leave in free agency? I want to say they got some stuff for him. Maybe maybe not though. I could be. I know Yoan Moncada came over Boston in the Boston sale. trade for Chris Sale. Yeah. They got Eli Jimenez from the Cubs trade for uh, – oh, my God. Why am I re- oh, Jose Ventura? No. Why am I facing on his last name? Uh, oh, Jose Contreras. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, and then you also have – I think Jose Abreu was just like free agent out of Cuba. And then Tim Anderson, I believe they drafted him as well. They're yeah. building a freaking squad. Yeah, they're promising, there. especially in the AL Central. That's kind of like – it feels like every year is like a moving – just a, like ex- – I mean, Minnesota has been good the past three years, but it just it's like a rotating cycle. My favorite thing about the no-hitter, though, was at the end of the game, I don't know if you saw the clip, as soon as the game ended, James McCann was catching. He threw his arms up in the air, and he immediately turns back to the umpire, points at him, and they ask him, what did you say after the game? He's like, I just told him, thank you for calling a good game. Like, that's all cool. Yeah. Umpires yeah. get a lot of shit, and they do deserve a lot of shit. But when they call a good game, they deserve that credit. Yeah, good umpires deserve um, credit. But bad umpires like um, Angel Hernandez deserve to be shit on all the time because they you fucking ruin games. Um, all right, so let's uh, get into a little bit of a more um, serious subject. So uh, for those of you who don't know, um, there's a situation that went on. We're not going to get into details because this is a sports podcast. Um, uh, but there was a situation that went on, another police brutality situation in Milwaukee. Two days ago, the NBA has decided this morning that they were going to um, protest and not play games. Um, I would say about half the, the MLB, maybe a quarter, um, decided to stand with them in protest and not play today. I know the Giants-Dodgers game was postponed for this specific reason. The A's and Rangers had talked about it before the game, but they ultimately decided to play. Um, and I know all the A's wore their Black Lives Matter shirts. Um, a few other teams. Can't name yeah. off the top of my head. Uh, the Padres and Mariners close, had decided not to play, with the Mariners actually having the biggest uh, presence of black players on their roster. 
Yeah. And then you already mentioned the Dodgers Giants, as well as the Brewers and Red Reds. Brewers, of course, are about 30 miles away from where the uh, shooting, police shooting had happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, we're going to kind of treat this in the same way that we treated the Reds announcer who was suspended. And it sounds like he's still suspended, no updates. This is very fluid news. A lot of stuff is going to be changing. Uh, a couple of things we can kind of talk about. One, when it came, came to term with the A's, Susan Slusser actually tweeted out that it, there was talks, but by the time the talks actually started, it was too close to game time to yeah. really make that decision. So, and, and the kind of the sad part about that is the A social media team actually tweeted out a photo of uh, our, our black players of Marcus Simeon, Tony Kemp, and Chris Davis with the caption of Black Lives Matter. And a lot of people were giving it slander on Twitter because I was like, oh, if you cared, you wouldn't have played today. Look, guys, they're just some social media people who are making like $26 an hour. I I mean that's just that's so not, it's not also Twitter. worth it. Yeah, it's so like I mean uh, that's just trolls just being getting a reason to be fired up and getting likes for their t- tweets because like uh, so I think the A's should be commended a little bit because they're the only team left in Major League Baseball that still has a Black Lives Matter logo behind their pitcher's mound. Everybody else, every other team in Major League Baseball has sold out and sold that property to a advertiser. So don't even get me started, trolls. Don't even get me started. Um, they did what they could. They're three hours difference. Yeah, and uh, we have to keep in mind, too, if, if this game was Oakland, I don't think it would have been played just because the time difference and, and all that uh, goes into it. And Oakland's history in the black community is is exponential, man. There's so much that Oak, the city of that's come out of the city of Oakland that really changed the black community over generations. Starting with the Black Panther movement, so many prominent black figures in public. Uh, we don't again. We don't want to get too much into this, but we have to talk about this. We, in case you don't know already. Yeah, it's Chris, good news. It's yeah. got to be worth saying it. But yeah, but of course. Chris and I are 1,000% with the players. If they decide they don't want to play, do it. We, yeah, like, and, and fair warning to all the listeners. I mean, we are two um, people who are in favor of the Black Lives Matter movement. So we don't mean to offend anybody who is out there. We don't mean to offend any cops that are out there. I'm sure hopefully the cops that are listening to this are good cops. But we uh, we don't want to go too personal into our opinions. But we it it you know if you were to go on my instagram and see my story today it'd be pretty obvious the way i feel uh anthony rizzo actually have a quote of the night when he was kind of thinking about his experience because you have to remember anthony rizzo was went to stoneman douglas high school which is where the mass shooting happened back in 2017 killing mm-hmm. dozens of students and he was straight up dude he's like shit doesn't change it's just a matter of fact. Politicians don't give a fuck about us. Yeah. All they care about is their own agenda. And that's one of the faces of baseball, straight up, keeping it real. Yeah. It would be interesting to see if all of MLB players decide to protest tomorrow because I know that's a big a big thing the NBA is trying to do is kind of put the owners in a in like corner them in a situation where it's like, you're not doing enough. It's time to start doing something. So we're going to take matters in our own hands and and 
and we're going to force you to make the right PR move because it's it's not about convenience. It's about like what needs to change. The MLB owners need a fat um, glimpse or a, a big uh, lesson in that in matters of of getting out of their way, to be honest with you. And and it's look what the NBA is turning to. We've talked about this, I think, in this last week of the podcast. Like NBA is a player driven league now. It has been over the last 20 years. Yeah, this is kind of baseball's moment to really take that these players moment to really take that momentum definitely um okay so let's move on um to some news that is a little bit more relative towards the a's um the astros went on a seven game win streak this past week um i think what's what are they at now shit i should have looked this up before we started but it's fine it's fine um they're four uh, and a half games back for the a's yeah but what's their streak uh they are on well they just lost last night i believe they went on like an eight nine game win streak yeah the previous week and then they uh, lost like three in a row and then so they were within two and now they're only within four and a half yeah they're uh six and four the last ten games they're currently 17 and 14 yeah and korea is still playing really well um bregman's not they have a lot bregman's of injuries out. bregman's out that's right yeah. he's out they have a lot of other injuries um jordan alvarez still hasn't played um, he's done for the year, remember? Yeah. That's and what then Altuve's been playing played. bad, yeah. yeah. No, he came and back, he was for like a week, and then he was done. Oh, he did? I thought he didn't play at all. No, he came back for a short time, but then oh. that was it. Anyway, and Altuve <laughs> still sucks dick because he doesn't have the video evidence to help him play better. So, I don't know if we'll see them go on another streak like that. Anyway, so that's, uh, that's awesome. news around the league. <laughs> it's, it's more or less something coaster. just – yeah, right. It's a little bit of everywhere. Give me a sick. Look, we talked about some really intense stuff, but we had to end it with the good old fuck the Astros at the end. Yeah. So we started high with the fun of the no hitter. And then we went, you know, serious. So I'm not going to say low, but we went serious. And then now we end on a high because it's good. Just good old fashioned fuck the Astros. Astros Shame Tour 2020. I have not forgotten. Um, all right. So let's move on to um, the news with the A's in the past week. So. As you know, we split, we kind of talked about it last show, we split the series, ended up splitting the series with the um, Diamondbacks. Um, we won the last two, 4-1, to 5-1. to one. Um, I think we didn't talk about the Thursday game, though, right? No. No, because we recorded Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, and then we we went 2-1 and one against the um, Angels, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 5-3 to three on Friday. Four to three, uh, losing four to three on Saturday, and then winning um, in extra innings five to four on Sunday, and then now we are currently in the middle of a series with um, the Rangers. Lost the first game three to two, just the offense just could not come alive. Um, Luzardo could not get any run help. It was brutal because he pitched a above average, pretty good game. Um, but then uh, we kicked their ass the next day ten to three. Um, honestly, two of those three runs just came on kind of like end of the end of the game, like whatever, um, you know, walked a guy. Yeah. And then, uh, today we won three to one, uh, pretty convincingly it, you know, the score doesn't say it's as much, but, um, they came back in the middle of the game and then they pretty much dominated from there on. Um, and then we have one more game tomorrow, which is going to be on Fox. We'll see if that gets played. Chris Bass is starting. Um, Julio, your thoughts. Uh, I'm so I, Chris and I got into a little bit of a spat this morning. I'm just so mm-hmm. glad we're not playing the Angels anymore. The Angels are look. The Angels are terrible. 
The yeah. Angels are the second worst team in baseball, but for some freaking reason, they find a way just to be a thorn in the A's every time. That I'm so happy we don't have to see that stupid lineup anymore of Trout, Otani, Rendon, Fletcher, especially Fletcher. So thank God. Um, but with the Monday game, I think the one thing, you know, we try not to make excuses for the team when they lose and all that stuff. I think a couple things we got to consider, Chris, uh, you might be able to speak a little bit better than I can with this at least, is this is their first time this season they've had to travel to a different time zone to play a game. Yeah. Uh, I, again, I asked Chris because he actually did high school athletics and stuff, whereas I just did one year of track. Uh, and who knows, maybe their third day wasn't there, especially with not having an off day. And two, that was their first time playing at the new Ranger Stadium, the uh, Globe Life barbecue grill out there. Um, but again, it's kind of a bummer because even Lazardo came out after the game. He's like, I think I pitched my best, my best game. If it wasn't for uh, who hit the home runs, was that Connor Falefa? It was uh, Kinner Falefa, and uh, that's it. He only had, there was just the one home run. Yeah, and it's that sometimes it's all it takes. Just give that one bomb. That's it. But they bounced back. Uh, there, there is some concerns right now. Uh, we'll, we're probably going to talk about a little bit later as we go deeper into the players. Like Matt Olson is still under below the Mendoza line. He's still hitting the crap out of the ball. He had a two-run bomb last night. Yeah, he's still hitting homers. But um, yeah, it, yeah, just that frustration. Ramon has not been playing good at all dude what the fuck so let's stop there what the fuck do you think happened with him do you think it's like a mental thing do you think it's like just like messing up the flow or like i don't know i mean like he i it's so it's a massive slump that you just i did not see coming at all because it's only four games you know like four games missed is like i don't know i mean it, it doesn't seem like that big of an inconvenience it's not like a whole half a season so our good friend Jose put it in the best way <laughs> in our fantasy baseball group chat. He's like, I think he's, his mind is still suspended. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it, actually a good point. <laughs> that's the, like the first, I think we knew the first few games were probably going to be a little bit of a struggle because yeah. the four days not doing that. And that's kind of what we were thinking with Montas still, but like, dude, we've been doing this for a week, a little more than a week now. And yeah. he's moved down the lineup and yeah, it's just not there. I don't, we don't really know what's going on with that. Um, even Grossman, he has his hitting's kind of gone down a little bit. He's been, but he still has the best average on the team, though. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, it's just something to kind of be aware of of what's happened with the the last week, really. But that bullpen, though, Chef beautiful. Kiss, what a beautiful thing. Um, so Lazardo start. He pitched six and two thirds. Um, he had three runs on seven hits. So again, still, not not a great start, but above average. Um, uh, still good. Seven seven strikeouts, ninety six pitches. Uh, or like, dude, that's your rookie pitcher doing that. Yeah, I mean, he's just <laughs> been so lights out all season. You're kind of like it's you're yeah. almost like it, you almost he almost feels like the ace already. Um, even though that's Montaz, it's just it, he feels that way. Um, and then what was it? Uh, yesterday, Manaya had another dime. Um, he pitched fantastic yesterday. So that's the second time. That's the second week, or second start this week. 
um, that he just pitched phenomenally. Um, he only gave up one run in his last start, which was last Thursday, and five to one win against the Diamondbacks, a good good Diamondbacks uh, offense. Um, and then he only gave up. Uh, let's see right here. I think he gave up three runs yesterday. No, but I don't think he earned one of them. Remember, remember we kind of like oh. talked about that. Yeah, there was uh, all, yeah. So he, he only earned one run, so he only gave up one run. Uh, uh, I think those he those two were left on, but I, yeah, again, he didn't earn those. Six hits, five innings pitch, eighty six pitches, so not that many. Only three strikeouts. Um, but yeah, he's looking a lot better. He's looking a lot more promising. He's he's hitting his spots. He's mixing up his pitches. Um, he's really got a hand on his slider now. I think that was the issue, man, because when his slider works, it's fucking dirty, man. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's never he's never big been the big punch out guy. Yeah, but it's like that's you don't need to be when you have a gold glove infield where you just get that ball in the dirt, get it in place, and play it. That's what made so many guys in the rotation over the last uh, like somebody. So that's why like oh my god, I'm spaced on the name right now. Brad Anderson pitched so well when yeah. those last couple of years in Oakland is because yeah, ground ball. I just remembered. Remember, it was it was the error from Simeon. Um, That's right. Which moved, which uh, added one run on, and then I think it was like a, pl- a fielder's choice. I can't off the top of my head. I can't remember yeah. the second one. But yeah, either way, not his fault. Not his fault, exactly. Um, and then the bullpen came in and um, did really well, which is shocking because. I'm going to tell you who these three bullpen pitchers were that day, and we would be all surprised in how they pitched well. So TJ McFarlane, okay, actually, we he's he's been pretty solid all year. So TJ McFarlane, all right. Lou Trevino only gave up one hit and three strikeouts. And then Jordan Weems had one strikeout, gave up no hits. So, hey, everybody's starting to come around now in the bullpen. It's not just, like, the strong seven we got. Now it's, like, there's nine guys in there that can deal. Yeah, especially and then you have to have Liam closing it out. Another oh, yeah. save tonight. He is the major league save leader with ten. So what, dude? That's wild. wild. <laughs> he's got ten saves, and he blew the first game. Uh, but yeah, that's that bull. And I think we're. I'll talk a little bit later about the bullpen, uh, but we're we're going to be having some tough decisions coming up with them. Yeah. So do you do you want to do the rotate since we're talking about pitching now? Do you want to do the rotation update now, and then we'll hold off to the catcher stuff right after that? So we we do let's do the rotation rotation update now. We I mean we'll just we'll talk about who's yeah. been playing well. Um, uh, actually no, because one of yours is a tailgate tool of the week. Okay, cool. So Jordan, <laughs> uh, Jordan Heim. Uh, so another town tailgate podcast uh, curse happened this past week uh, after praising Austin Allen on this podcast. He was brought down. Um, a couple days ago, uh, it sounds like from what we kind of read and heard from the organization, it wasn't necessarily an Austin Allen thing. It was, we have another catching prospect in our system named Jonah Heim, um, who was supposed to be pretty good, supposed to be, he was always kind of supposed to be the guy who's going to be the, um, platoon catcher with Murphy, Murphy being the main guy, him being the second, um, so they just wanted to see what they what what Bowmel just wanted to see what he had with Heim. Um, I haven't paid close to close attention to him. To be honest with you, he picked up. What'd you see? Yeah, he he picked up a hit last night. Um, in his first game, he drew a hit. He drew a walk. He got a hit. He had a pretty solid like 
big lead outing. And of course, um, uh, Sean Maniah pitched really like a gem behind him. So that's great to see that happening. How do you do on the defensive side? Um, he did, he, he did, he did good. I mean, yeah. uh, there wasn't anything too drastic he had to do, but it's kind of one of the mm-hmm. things if you're calling a good game with a veteran pitcher and this is your first big league outing, then you're doing your job back there. Yeah. And especially since uh, because of how consistent the offense is, you don't really need a lot from this team, but you was ready to kind of struck the point at it. Bomo wanted to see what, what we had. We we're both pretty big Austin Allen fans, but the point was he was hitting below 200. Uh, I think he will obviously we'll see what Jonah's going to be doing over the next week or two. I still think that Austin Allen might be the long-term solution in, with yeah, that platoon, but I agree. kind of we'll have to wait and see kind of thing. Yeah. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back up in a week or two weeks. Um, so again, I want to apologize to Austin Allen for giving him the town tailgate curse. That was my bad because I gave you two A's yesterday. I should have just gave you one and maybe you're, you'd still be in the lineup right now. I got to say, though, uh, interesting that's been going on is we are seeing a lot of weird starts happening. Oh, yeah, uh, today. Yeah. Today, Franklin Barreto started at second, like, and he kind of flubbed up a play, too. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, Visail Machine started at third. Matt Chapman uh, was having some headaches. Yeah, that was a late uh, scratch, though, right? Yeah, late scratch. He came in later in the game as a defensive substitution. And then, of course, Jonah Heim was catching yesterday. What do you think is going on? Do you think they just more or less want to see what he has and maybe think like, okay, one, we can maybe use this as a bait, or two, if if this is these are guys who are going to be our bench guys and we can't really rely on them, is this something we need to do? Would you rather see what you got against Texas or see what you got against Houston? Yeah, you, you uh-huh. mean, I think uh-huh. it really, uh-huh. I think it really comes down to that. So it's like, so Franklin's been on the roster all season. He's gonna be on the roster the rest of the season. He's a utility guy. He can play most places on the field. He's fast, so he's good. To come in and run in extra innings when they need that second baseman, that second, um, second baseman. Right around second, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's probably kind of like okay. Temp, Kemp is kind of like had a bad couple games at the at, at the plate. So let's just kind of see what he's got against Texas. Maybe if he goes, has a good game, we'll play him again, see how he does. Um, same thing with catcher. I mean, um, especially with kind of um, the instability with the pitchers, I think it's really good to kind of see what you got in terms of, like, your um, repertoire with your pitchers or your um, – yeah, your whatever you're talking about. Um, so it's just kind of like – sorry. So it's just kind of like um, – Maybe maybe it's something about I don't, I haven't noticed um the bad um outings who's been catching to be honest with you I haven't noticed I haven't noticed if it's Murphy or or Allen but maybe there had been something there where it's like they're not on the same page let's bring in this young catcher who's been in our system for a few years maybe he'll click with these guys a little bit better I don't know well it I felt also- it felt like from what from the camera angles that they always like cut to during the game that Austin Allen's just fucking laughing it up with the pitchers over in the corner. Um, can I bring up one more thing real quick before you chime in on what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just very small. Um, I love how they've kept the tradition of the starters go hang out at the end of the dugout together and just shoot the shit. Um, that tradition was started back when Scott Kazmir was here. He always got the young starters to go hang out at the end of the dugout, and it carried over when um, 
He left because Sonny Gray kept doing it, and he, Sonny Gray must have handed it off to like Sean Mania, and Sean Mania started doing it. But I noticed that yesterday that they were all hanging out at the end of the dugout. I was like, yes, they still do that. I love that. I love that they still That's do interesting. that. That's interesting. Yeah, I never picked up on that. But I was gonna. I think that uh, something I thought about was when you were saying like we can't really tell. You haven't been able to notice when a pitcher does have a bad outing. Yeah. Uh, or a starter has a bad outing with a catcher who is usually catching. But here's the thing. We haven't had many bad outings. That's a good point. <laughs> besides yeah. Frank, besides Frankie, over the last week, we, uh, the rotation was like pitched really well, good. I think I'm more referring to like in the first like two podcasts when we're yelling, "The sky is falling! The sky is falling! The fires can't pitch well. Manaya is not pitching well. The sky is falling! The sky is falling!" But now it's a lot more stable, so it's a little bit different. Uh, Megden's not pitching well. Like, yeah, it's a little bit different now, obviously. If Mangdon's not pitching well, then like that's the least of our problems kind of thing. <laughs> Even though when he did, you had to take uh, a little jab at Mangdon there, didn't you? Uh, no, I'll, no, I was gonna say I'll give him some credit where credit is due because his last outing, I believe he took over for uh, either Montas or somebody where we needed a long one of the games last week. I think it was the D-backs game where they got yeah. blown out. Yeah. He actually pitched pretty well as like the long reliever. And you know what? The catchers are meshing really well with the bullpen, obviously, because the only two bad bullpen like um, uh, rounds, for lack of a better word, innings that we've had were from two pitchers who were injured. They hit the injured list right the next day, and because they, and you know, like so, I think that's a good sign. Uh, just to speak on fire start yesterday, three to one win. He went six innings, only gave up three hits. Shit. I didn't, you know, when you're watching, you don't realize how fucking good it is until, until you see it on paper. Um, seven strikeouts, 91 pitches. He walked two. Um, and then the the uh, stud end of the bullpen, um, the setup setup came in. Joaquin Soria struck out one, gave up no hits. Setup man, Jake Diekman, comes in. Struck out two, gave up no hits. And then, of course, Liam Hendricks to close it out. No hits, no walks. Two strikeouts. Um, I want to pose this question to you, Julio. Which bullpen? Uh, how do how do we mega mega and mega bullpen mega end game bullpen? Do you like better, Soria, Diekman, Hendricks, or Cook, Doolittle? Um, why am I blanking on his name? Oh my god. Cook do little Balfour. Uh, uh, Balfour, sorry. Ooh. It's interesting because there's actually a, a ton of similarities between a those two. A ton of similarities. Righty lefty righty, which is obviously that's Bo that's Bomel's thing. Um yeah. all all of them have uh, facial hair. Um and and two Aussies at the end, at the closers. Yeah, the closers are oh man. I don't want to. Uh, this is very much a cop out. Um, I don't want to make any decisions with this right now you because of we're look call, whatever, dude. We're a month and a half into the season. We, <laughs> I, dude. Do you remember at the end of last season how much of a critic I was on Jake Diekman? Yeah. I was like yeah, every yeah. time like this goddamn guy again because he was so inconsistent. Yeah, but it's yeah something's happened. There's like something in the water at in the East Bay in Oakland where they're Knock at. Knock on wood. Knock on wood, you're with me. Knock on wood, if you're with me. Um, 
also was thinking because we were talking about fires before I lose track of this. We were talking about fires start and how well he pitched. Mm-hmm. I bet you if that game was at the old ballpark in Arlington, he probably would have been given up like three or four runs. But because supposedly Globe Life Park, whatever it's called now, is a pitcher stadium, there you go. Hey, I'll take it. Um, one difference between those two regimes, uh, this one is all veterans. The last one was all young guys. So, well, no, Balfour. Well, Balfour was a veteran then, but he was he a vet. Just, he was a vet. He yeah. was just a journeyman, kind of like Liam. Same yeah. thing. Okay, cool. So let's move on to last week's um, uh, tailgate tool of the week. Uh, both of us did really well, Julio. So good job Hey-o. by us. Good job by you, Julio. Um, yours, Shamanaya. Yes, the throwing Samoan. Uh, How come when I picked Shamanaya twice, I get shit and he does terrible? And it, it was a terrible pick for Tailgate Tool. But when you pick him, he fucking lights it up. He has two starts and he lights it up. This is bullshit. Maybe I guess I picked uh, pitcher friendly parks. I, I don't know. Maybe. Don't, hey, don't hate me because you ain't me, dude. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, Sean. It Again, knock on wood if you're with me. It looks as if he might just might be getting that groove back together. He had two starts in the past week. One was against Arizona in Oakland. One And then uh, last night in Texas. Pitched a total of 10 and one-third of innings and only gave up two runs during those times. He gave up 11 hits, so the hit scatter are still happening. But he only gave up one home run. He gave up one walk. Uh, mm, am I reading? No, wait. I'm sorry. He gave up no walks. Mm. It's the timing yeah. of the hits that matter, though. So, Yeah, he's uh, starting to come together. We were so nervous about this guy. We were ready to, like, banish him to the bullpen, become a long reliever. And again, knock on wood, it looks like he's getting it together. So honestly, we're so happy for him. He's been one of the most, he's our veteran, really. He's been one of our clubhouse leaders and and uses voice a lot. He was one of the guys out there at the Black Lives Matter t-shirt as well. And also we got a kudos to Bowmel. Bowmel was the one who was patient. He stuck with it. It sounds like the, uh, uh, Emu over there, pitching coach, actually did helped him out. Got a hold of that slider, got a hold of that changeup because we know you already talked about the slider, but that changeup too. When that changeup is on, man, that thing mm-hmm. is filthy. He doesn't yeah. need the break. He doesn't need high speed because that stuff hits. Uh, I have. Let me pull up the schedule quick and to see what his next start theoretically would be. Um, so he pitched on Tuesdays. So, oh. So let me. Let He'd me... be pitching against Houston, which that's okay. the real test. If he could come back, and and we'll see if there's actually going to be any games this weekend, and we'll talk a little bit about that, that that later. So stay tuned. But yeah, it, it looks like he's really putting it together. And so congratulations, Sean. We're so happy he's pitching this way again. But you, I think with your oh, pick, hold on. let me let me okay, let me let me okay, just okay. before before we go into my pick, let me t- let me touch on Sean real quick. Because I have two things, and one of them is a question for you. Um, Shamanaya, a one week ago, had he gotten into trouble, we all on our group chat, our fantasy baseball group chat, would have been like, oh, great, here we go. It's going to be another fucking like five-run inning that he's going to give up. 
But this week, every time he got into trouble, he got out of it. Anytime there was a runner on second, runner on third, he got out of it. So that like that's where those hits came from. There was like, you know, maybe a handful of innings that he always got into trouble, but he always got out. He always like stuck through it, and that was not the case all season. And you know, we were claiming all season we wanted him to work out. We love Shawmanaya. We just we didn't know if we could afford to find out if it could work out uh, this season. Um, so after quality starts now where your mind is at right now going into a playoff series who's your four road um um starting pitchers so we got lazardo okay you would go him um, one oh in terms of oh oh like in terms of yeah in order to to be determined number one <laughs> again stick around uh i I'd probably still put him four just because if we were to trade for another top end starter, it would probably be a righty. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'd go Lazardo two, Frankie three, and then Sean four. Hmm. Or, but right now, if, well, Lazardo's pitch, the only really bad game he's had is against the Giants, but he, I think he kind of cemented himself in that two spot. I'm kind of confident in Frankie where I'd go Frankie one, Lazardo two. I think I go Bassett three and I go Mania four. I just Bassett's too, too consistent. <laughs> Big I'm, Bassett I'm, guy. I'm, 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 I'm going to ride this dead horse all season. All right. So mine, I mean, are you jealous of mine? We're, I, think mine we're, I think we're going to have to rename the Ramon Award at this point. Oh, we definitely are. Um, but my tailgate tool of the week was Stephen Piscotti. And I picked him because I just picked him up on my fantasy team. He had come off three good games, and I was hoping he'd keep it up. And he did. He fucking crushed it. He has been a massive presence in our lineup. He's hitting in the five hole. I wish he would hit in the three hole, but whatever. Five hole it is. Brings runners in. It's fucking great. He's been crushing it. Um, He's gotten a home run, a whole lot of doubles, a whole lot of singles. His average is bumped up a ton. Let's see. What is it at right now? Let me pull up today's game. He oh, shit, hit. He, he led the. He led the. I think all of baseball in the month for RBIs. Yeah. Or yeah, he was tied with uh, Jose Abreu. I'm not sure. But he's hitting um, 267 now. I think 267. Pretty good. Pretty good. He, considering he was below two a couple weeks ago. He's been. It's so it's so um, fluid on who we think is as our best player and who we think is the MVP is. Mm. But yeah, it's starting to look like he, and I think that also kind of shows you how strong the team is as a whole. That yeah, yeah. the fact that Olsen hasn't been playing great. He, he's in power, of course, but he's not hitting that average. Uh, Matt started, he's starting to really click now, but then of course he had this got hit in the head with the pitch the other night. He's yeah. doing better. But it's awesome. Like, we don't need these guys to be everyday guys. We have somebody like Steven Piscotti. Yeah, someone always steps up, which is great. So, okay, so Julio, who is your player of the week then? My player of this past week? You know, it's uh, interesting that you bring that up because I'm actually going to bring up uh, somebody we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Lou. I could keep going. It's Lucha Vino, but really, wow! Here, I had a because 
again, we've been shitting on him all season. Mm-hmm. He has not looked good. We were saying something happened. To, I think we even talked about that the past episode where something happened last year. It's 2018 is gone. So this past week, he pitched three innings, uh, three strikeouts, no earned runs. Over the last two weeks, he's pitched 7.1 innings. Not a huge sample size, but still, throughout that time, nowhere in runs. He's a reliever, I mean. No, yeah, obviously, yes. But it's awesome to see that. This is somebody that we thought for sure, like with Trinan becoming a free agent in this past offseason, and when Trinan was early struggles were happening at the beginning of last season, like, hey, no worries, Lucio is going to take over the spot, and then kind of imploded and he was not the pitcher he was the year before last year and now it, it, he's really turning things around i think it's this unit something is going on with this unit as a whole where it's got to be the confidence in the bullpen man it's just yeah. it's just like it's it's contagious i think that's got to be it there's yeah that's something's got to be there and you just and having those veteran guys to really work with them yeah. especially somebody like sorio who's been in the league for almost more than a decade yeah at somebody like uh like oh my god i was about to say blake trying it again <laughs> excuse me liam Hendricks, who's a journeyman who's been all over the place with baseball and he finally found his really place that made him a star in oakland it's awesome we're seeing the things panning out that being said uh it, we are going to be facing some pretty tough decisions over the next or the the team is going to be facing some pretty tough decisions over the next couple of weeks when AJ Puck comes back. What are we going to do? Uh, I'll Again, I keep doing this a lot this episode, and sorry if it's bugging uh, Chris or the show. We'll talk about that more a little bit later. Hey, but, we, we got a big segment coming later. It's yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think the whole point is to celebrate of this segment is to celebrate the players for the now of what they've done, what they've overcome. And honestly, Lutrovino, fantastic job this last week and the last couple weeks i really hope this is something that'll stay uh are you, are I you like shocked 100 percent. i did not see that coming at all whatsoever i thought you were gonna pick the one that i was gonna pick so i'm kind of happy so then now i can pick him um it was your tailgate tool of the week i picked sean Manaya just because of the mouse massive bounce back that he had and like you know you don't really see it coming and i'm just excited because when all five of these guys are going to be slinging it's going to be just so much fun to watch and it's going to be tough for anybody coming in any day um. Yeah, and it and it's gonna make for some tough decisions for Bob Melvin in the coming week, as well as and Billy Bean and David Force, as well as um when a playoff series eventually comes by. Um, cool. So um we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with our feature segment. Um, we alluded to it at the beginning of this podcast, so I think it's pretty obvious. Um, so stay tuned and we'll be right back. Okay, welcome back. Um, very special week this week. Um, normally, it's a little bit more um, exciting because we're not in a pandemic and um, it's a little bit more active. But this segment is devoted to me and Julio's one of our favorite weeks of the year. Uh, let's just say, you know what? Let's just tell them uh, what the name of the segment is going to be called. Julio, what's it called? <coughs> Trade, 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 trade for tools, trade for tools. 
Trade for tools. One, if you don't know, Mark Canna's walk-up song is Trade for Fools. We were in a, our chain of fools. We were in a long way of trying to figure out what to call it. And we just thought of it like a few minutes ago. You know what? It's uh, it's relevant to the, the, the whole theme of this podcast. Um, the tool, essential know, tools. tools. Yeah, yeah. You know what? So trading for tools. It's trade deadline, folks. I love me some MLB trade deadline, especially because we're A's fans and we're always active at the deadline, whether we're good or bad. And it's just, it's always a lot of fun. Uh, I preached on this podcast all season that trade deadline was not going to be a thing with COVID. It's too dangerous for guys to move around. But boy, does MLB culture not agree with me. They do not give a fuck. And people are out there negotiating. And there's some people, there's a lot of people on the block. Um, I guess we can go over some of the big names that we've heard, like teams have been open about on the block lately, and and then we'll go over what the A's stuff is. Yeah, sound good. Uh, yeah, and we have to keep in mind too. There's already been some trades, nothing yeah. major. Uh, former Oakland All Star Jordan Alonto, or Jordan Alonto, right? Yonder Alonso. There you go. Sorry. Took me a second. Yeah. I was yeah, thinking yeah. of Jordan Alvarez for a second. Yeah. I Yonder. was like so confused. Yeah. I was like, yeah, my bad. Uh, he, was, he was on the White Sox. He was not actually on the roster, but he was traded to hit the team that had drafted him, San Diego Padres, yeah. uh, reuniting with his brother-in-law, Manny Machado. And then we also had the Red Sox current closer, Brendan Workman, which traded over to the Philadelphia Phillies, give them some bullpen support. But Again, nothing major. And I think another huge complex that we're going to have in this weird shortened season amidst a global pandemic is a 16-team playoff. We're going to see so many teams who yeah. ordinarily wouldn't be in it are going to think they're they're in it. Cough, Giants. But <laughs> we're going to see some interesting things going on. But I'm glad you brought that up because Kevin, so Kevin Gossman was going to be one of the guys I was going to bring up. He was supposedly supposed to be on the block, but with the Giants' recent surge in in the standings lately, um, had the playoffs end today, they are the eight seed. So they believe they're in contention, and especially with the Giants, they have a history of all we got to do is get in the playoffs, and who knows what happens after that. At least the fans feel that way, and they constantly decide to remind us. Um so it sounds like, and it sounds like they've been open that he will not be on the block. That they are actually going to be buyers in this free agency. I think Ken Rosenthal reported that this morning. Um, so we'll see. I mean, they need a lot of fucking help. They're pretty much one guy on offense and two guys on the pitching inside of pitching. I mean, I, I haven't seen their bullpen numbers, but I know Cueto's been pretty good. Gossman's been good, and then Mike Yastrzemski just kind of holds the offense together somehow. The unexpected MVP candidate of the NL. It's wild. Yeah. Um, oh no, and they their second baseman. I forgot his name. He's he's been pretty good. Donovan too, Solano. But, yeah, Solano's been good, but I mean. Uh, yeah. but just got to remember too. Last year, the Giants were kind of in the same situation. Uh, everybody thought they would be selling, and then they didn't, and they kind of screwed him up because they had an opportunity to ship out Mad Bum and get something out of him, and he just left open handed or. But that, with them. 
but that wasn't the uh, that wasn't the eighteen playoff. I mean, no, I think it they might have even made it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get, I get what you're saying. But no, I mean, the, they are the eighth team. Like, is being the eighth team even worth trying to add some guys? Like, maybe you move up two in the standings. Like, I don't know. It just seems all for naught for me. Yeah, and there's it's not just uh, Kevin Gosman that's potentially going to be on the market. Uh, guys like Johnny Cueto, who's had a pretty okay year so far. I'm sure a lot of teams would be willing to take a flyer on him. Veteran leaver Tony Watson. There's guys who well, are there. Cueto had that no-hitter through like seven or something like that. Yeah, and against then, the and then Giants. That completely fucked up fly ball. No, against the uh, against the Dodgers. That completely f- misjudged oh, fly sorry, ball duh. by Hunter Pence. Yeah. And now he's on the team. But, yeah, that was somebody we thought we were going to be selling – We'll see. Uh, who else do we got for us? So the big names that I'm kind of seeing, so like especially this is MLB trade rumors, like power rankings based on like this is – if you guys don't know what tra- MLB trade rumors is, it's a website devoted strictly to – they follow pretty much every beat writer and every reporter in baseball, and they publish it all to one website where you can see what trade rumors are for each team, each player, so on and so forth. So they put out the top 50 trade deadline candidates. This is based on rumors that they've seen from writers and whatnot. Taiwan Walker is number one, starting pitcher for the Mariners. That's really? interesting. Yeah, because um, he's young. Um, but they suck. So maybe they move someone? I mean, I don't know. I-, I thought that was interesting that he'd be number one on the list, especially after the rumors about Josh Hader um, his past two days. Yeah, I um, yeah. Maybe just because no, probably contract ahead. flexibility, but who knows? Yeah, I think that's got to be it. And maybe he's going into um, arbitration, so it's like, do I want to pay that money? Um, yeah, that's the only that's the only thing I can think of. Anyway, the second one, which was um, this isn't the second one in the power rings, but the second one that's noticeable or notable is one I just alluded to, Josh Hader. Um, the um, Brewers have made it pretty. Um, uh, obvious through you know reporters that they will are looking to shop Josh Hader, but the price is going to be very high, reasonably so. He's one of the best closers or really pitchers in all of baseball, has been for the past couple of years. But he will be on the market. Maybe we could see a team like I don't know the maybe the Dodgers would because they have so much in their farm system they'd be willing to give up a lot. I don't know. Um, that would be – that's actually not a bad idea. I, I know their bullpen's been pretty good. Kenley's uh, been doing the job. It kind of sucks because we can't really watch Dodger games because we don't have Spectrum. Screw you, Spectrum. But yeah. uh, the, when we first talked about this the other day, the team that I mentioned, and you got really kind of upset with me, and I was upset with myself about it, is the Astros. Mm. Um, because Roberto Ozuna – the uh, domestic abuser is got Tommy John. He is out for the season. They've had kind of a shaky bullpen and they need some help. They're in playoff contention still, despite kind of all the troubles they ran into in the season. Yeah. I think they're like the sixth seed right now. Yeah. Yeah. They'd, they'd still yeah. be in there, but uh, that would be a team that I could, they have some prospects that could really pitch them on. Mm. Uh, we've already met, We talked about that during, the text too is like Verlander. We'll see if he comes back. Granky, I wouldn't be shocked if one, if not both of those guys retired. So maybe this is like they think is their last raw before they got to start over more or less with their rotation. Uh, to clarify, I wasn't upset. I just like when you said it, I was like, what do they have to trade? Like, what do they have? 
like I don't know that their farm system is very deep. Not that I know of. And like, well, who's gonna want these guys, these cheaters who clearly needed this video evidence to be good? Like, no one's gonna want them now. Like, uh, Jose Altuve's trade value is at an all-time low right now. So I just like, and you don't. Do you want to pay him that that contract, that massive contract that he has? Like, no one's. I I just. Yeah. I just don't. I just don't see where they can make that move. They don't have the assets to to pull it off. The only thing I can see as a package with like Michael Tucker, uh, who's been pretty good out there in the outfield for them. One of their rookie pitchers who's been in the rotation this year because and who they've all actually been pretty solid on this season as well. But I, I, that's a team where like we've seen them do in the past, dude. They fucking they traded for Justin yeah. Verlander three years ago. They traded for Zach Greinke. They uh, was I can't remember was Beltran if they had traded for him, but but, but also they cheated. They always had all these prospects stocked up. Well, yeah, and but they also had all these prospects stocked up, which they've sh- they've completely just gutted their their farm system the past two years, getting Verlander and and Grinky and, yeah. these, and these guys these these trade deadline acquisitions. I don't know. So uh, Walker, by the way, he um he's he he's his contract expires at the end of this year, so that's. Got Probably okay. why he's up there. They would want to move him. Yeah. Um, okay. So another couple other people. Dylan Bundy for the Angels. Obviously, the Angels aren't very good. So he's been fucking killing it, it this yeah. season. Lance Lynn, who's been arguably the best pitcher in the American League. Um, Lance Lynn would be intriguing for the A's, but I don't think that they would trade within the division. Yeah, um, it's it's pretty extra. It's like extremely uncommon that they do it within yeah. division. I think the I don't remember the last Rangers trade. I know they trade more with the Seattle because it's Seattle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the joke of the league. All right. <laughs> um, Trevor Rosenthal and Greg Holland, relief pitchers for the Royals. Um, you know, I we always seem to kind of go after bullpen pieces, but this season we just really don't need to. So I don't think that that's going to be for us. Um, Kevin Pillar of the Red Sox. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of teams out there that need um, – yeah, I think outfielders. Yeah, we're they're saying Kevin Pillar. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if we start seeing some big names coming from Boston, especially seeing that like Chris Sell's not going to be pitching at least till the end of the year. It's going to take a lot if you want somebody like Xander Bogart to throw on Rafael Devers. But I wouldn't be shocked if yeah. those guys, if there's somebody who's willing to shop those guys or take a shot on them. Bogarts and Devers, I think, are locked up a little bit, so that doesn't seem worth the risk. Chris Sale, I don't know anybody who's going to want to pick up that contract coming off of Tommy John. Um, Nathan eovaldi has been a, just a constant disappointment. That was a terrible signing. That was a complete emotional signing. He had one good game in the World Series, so they're like, yeah, let's sign this guy. Um, I just don't – they don't have a lot of pieces, man. That's why I think Kevin Pillar is the only one on here because he's, like, he's only making $4 million a year. This, he's the only reasonable trade to make, you know? Uh, fun fact, and I'm sure uh, whenever – Julio, fun fact. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, I love doing these. And I'm sure my dad and uh, my brother Mondo will vouch for me on this. Uh, we actually saw Kevin Pillar before a Raiders game in San Diego. Oh, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, we're the hotel we're staying. You guys were probably the only ones who noticed him. <laughs> I was the only one that noticed him because I, yeah. for some reason, I remember hearing in the past that he was like a diehard Raider fan, and this guy pulls oh, yeah? up to this hotel with a super nice truck, and I'm like, Kylie's familiar. I'm like, I think, I'm like, I think that's Kevin Pillar. And they're like, who? I'm like, he's out baseball player. And then sure enough, nice. Here we are. Um, a couple more. 
Uh, you said Tony Watson already, relief pitcher. Uh, Andrew Andrew Simmons, who also has an expiring contract, so maybe uh, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of any teams that need shortstop help. <sighs> the Giants could use some shortstop help. Um, Brandon that Crawford actually be a not really been good ba- deal. Batting well, yeah, that'd be a really yeah, good deal know. for them. Uh, I could see maybe even like the Rays if. I, know, I don't know how great Willie Adamas has been playing this year, but just to have somebody yeah. where Andrelton Simmons is one of the best defensive shortstops ever. Like that's, he can play second too. Maybe the Cubs. Uh, no, Jason Kipnis has actually been doing pretty good, but again, uh, uh, you yeah. can upgrade. Yeah. 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 Maybe the Mets. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think there's a lot of teams I'd be willing to uh, yeah. one. I don't think he would be willing to play second, but there's probably a lot of teams of but, a team like the Cubs, Javi would be like, "Yeah, I'll move to second for you," kind of thing. Bro, like, yeah, I mean, why you don't put, when you got Andrew and Simmons, you don't play him at second base. He's like arguably the best second uh, shortstop and uh, defensively in the league. I mean, the guy's won three Gold Gloves. Like, come on. Um, uh, Tommy Lastella, another infielder from the Angels. Uh, Derek Holland, uh, relief pitcher. Um, it's pretty much it. A lot of these other guys. Oh, and then uh, I mean, we'll get to the big names that we think. Um, and then there's a couple guys that we have on our list that um have not been rumored, but um, some writers, not reporters, but writers have talked about could be a good match for the A's. They're probably the two biggest pitchers that would starting pitchers that be on the market besides Lance Lynn. Um, oh, were you gonna were you gonna say Robbie Ray? I was not. But I would. Okay. I, I think. I think R. the Diamondbacks had been playing so well, but I think they're going to start selling off their them? guys. The oh yeah, yeah. Robbie Ray's, um, uh, Archie Bradley out of the bullpen, probably a couple possessional guys. You know, I was maybe JD Martinez with the boss with boss. If, nah, that he's got a fat a lot contract. of money. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of money. Um, I was I going to like say maybe the Braves though. When we were talking about the Red Sox, a name that I thought about, I'm like, actually, I'd really like him in Oakland, but then I talked myself out of it, was going to be Christian Vasquez, having him be in that number two shared catching spot with Sean Murphy. Uh, But they're both righties, and just that's not going to work. We don't need a catcher. We got three good Uh, ones. uh, Yeah, but like Christian Vasquez has been one of the better catchers this season like I just don't know if I'm willing to give up some of our farm for that yeah. you know like I'd rather use it on starting pitching no yeah yeah I feel you I feel you but uh, that's what yeah. I, sh- I talked myself off really quickly uh Clint Frazier is also mentioned in here and then Franklin Barreto of the A's which obviously oh. he would be one of the main pieces of a trade package for us to get someone so which we'll talk about in a second so all right Julio do you want to so we let's go into the buyers and sellers first, and then we'll uh, and then we'll talk about what's what's going down with the uh, the Oakland team and how and like what we think about the moves that they can make. Um, I mean, anybody who's in contention should be a buyer in theory. Um, I don't know. Do you have any in mind particularly? Any teams in mind that you think that? I mean, the A's should definitely be buyers. Um, oh well, yeah, one thousand percent. The thing about the team is we're kind of getting our, in one way or another, our own acquisitions to kind of make up for the trades with AJ Puck, AJ Puck and be coming out in the next few weeks or coming yeah. back up. 
looking across the American League, yeah, again, there's a lot of teams that could be buyers. They're, it's it's weird because I one I've watched a lot of baseball, talked about that. A lot of these teams who are winning could use somebody like a Johnny Cueto, especially if I'm looking at the Yankees. I think the Yankees would be a really good place Ooh. to get another pitcher. Uh, John Paxson done for the year. They're kind of been running into hiccups with Kent uh, Mashiro Tanaka. He pitched a good game today, but they're kind of all over the place with that. Uh, Garrett Cole got rocked Garrett Cole yesterday. Got rocked yesterday. And I could see them kind of in the market for another starter to kind of really anchor up that bullpen. We know they're... That's a good one. Cueto's a good a good name for them. That's a good, yeah, that's a good pick, Julio. I could also see them kind of going after one of our big guys that we're going to talk about later. And one of their big trade baits would be like Clint Frazier or something. What but, do they have left to trade? Cl- oh, Clint Frazier. You just said that's a good uh, one. They could trade somebody like Clint Frazier. Um, I know another team that's been... I think at this point they have to buy now would be Cleveland. They've been kind of all over the place. People thought they Francisco Lindor was going to be getting traded over this past off season and they end up staying put with them. And that's probably a good thing because they've been playing really good ball this season. Uh, in terms of what can make them a better team. I mean, you fucking nailed it on the head. Like that's a good combination right there. The Yankees and, and the, and the Indians. I mean, the Yankees have an outfielder who doesn't play every day, who's a fucking stud, and what do the fucking Indians need? They need an outfielder. Their outfield's fucking trash. Like, I'm looking at her right now. It's not, I mean... I hate it. Quinn is cool. Tyler Quinn's all right. But, I mean, like, the, it's, it is not good. Um, uh, Clint Frazier would be good for them. Yeah, Mike Clevenger for Clint Frazier. I mean, they would have to probably give up. Yankees have to give up a little bit more. Um... But I, I haven't uh, – what's their farm like lately? I haven't paid attention to the Yankees farm lately. Uh, Yankees farm, if I remember right, it's pretty depleted right now. Yeah. And most of those guys are either up, like, you know, Luke Voigt, like those guys they've been talking about for a long time, Clint Frazier, or they've been sold off like Fowler. Actually, here, you know, I got like a – I think I have a good player for uh, the Cle- for Cleveland to buy if we're looking for outfielders. How do you mm-hmm. feel about Anthony Santander? Anthony Santander from the Baltimore Orioles. He is actually one of the best offensive players of this season so far. It's uh, batting 279, 10 home runs, 28 RBIs. For a short time, I believe he was leading the league in RBIs. He's only 25. I don't know. I don't think anybody knows what the... Uh, Orioles are going to be doing over the next few years. We know they've been kind of pick, like holding on to pitchers, but that's somebody who you could see them moving to like a good outfield. And the Indians have the, have the asset where if they want to bring another bat, especially when you're seeing how well the White Sox and the Twins are hitting, that's somebody that could definitely benefit. Oh my! I just but realized. If the playoffs ended, but if the playoffs ended today, the Orioles are in. So why would they sell? But you have to be uh, okay. I think the thing that we're kind of losing track of, because obviously, yeah, if your team can get in, do it. But I think you need to be productive of what your goals are going to be with the team, because the reality is, if the Baltimore gets in right now, what would, they would probably play. I want to say the Rays as the two seed, and that same thing as the Giants. Giants get in right now; they're the eight seed. 
they're playing the Dodgers, where they have been playing the Dodgers pretty well over the season. You got to be real to yourselves, man. Like you're you're going against a Titan. But at the same time, I'm trying to look at it as the way that NBA man, general managers and coaches handle like being an eight seed and whatnot. They're not like at the deadline, and if you're in the playoff picture, they don't sell the farm. They try to keep it as is, get in the playoffs, and see how it is. Like if you're, I mean, it, just you got to think of any competitive bone in your body. These are professional athletes. Like they're not going to want to, or these are in professional you know, front office executives. They're not just going to want to like be like, all right, this is a different exception. So fuck it. This season is more than ever. Any, anything can happen. And especially in baseball, we've seen it in baseball a million times. Anything can happen. Last year, the winner of the fucking world series was a wild card winner, you know? So who knows? Maybe, it, maybe a seven C can win the, the, I mean, probably not, but maybe they can win the, the world series, you know? Yeah. I've got a team for you. Uh, just, I want to get your kind okay. of two cents on what you think. Besides obvious name, um, my preseason darlings, the Cincinnati Reds, man, eleven and seventeen, six games under five hundred. This season has their rotations. The top two guys in the rotation with Sonny and Trevor Bauer have been lights out. Luis Castillo has regressed, um, and yeah, a lot of guys we thought that were going to be really stepping up to the next level with this team haven't. In terms of the rest of their team, Nick Castellanos has been crushing the ball all season, but they're no, not they're there. The team. Yeah, I I think it was um, Adris when he came on my podcast talked about how he made a futures bet in the in the beginning of the season with the Reds because their their um, roster looks so good, and we all talked about it. And we're like, "Fuck, that is a good bet," and they're they're just bad. So it's just like we're looking back, and you're like, "Oh shit, that was a." Uh, that was a bad call. It's um, insane. Look at um, key examples. Eugenio Suarez. Eugenio Suarez in 2016 or 2017, 26 home runs. 2018, 34. Last year, 49 home runs. Right now, he has five. And he's batting damn. 158. Damn. Yeah. I mean, so who are they selling to? So who, who are, oh, sorry, not who are they selling to. Who are they selling? Bauer probably is like would be up the top of that list. Is Castellanos? No. No, Nick Castellanos. Nick Castellanos, no, because he just got signed. Um, Sonny Gray? No, he just signed that long-term deal. Yeah, Sonny just signed that long-term deal. Uh, I have to – let me see if I can get the contract in front of me. Somebody like Jesse Winkler I think could be a, a decent selling option. Um, prob- Do you have an expiring? I got to bring – oh, my God, let me get – baseball references in front of me here i got it go go say say what you're gonna say um there is some intriguing guys in the bullpen that they're not performing well right now but they have some talent there michael lorenzen was somebody that was a pretty high prospect with kind of the dual threat of being a hitter and a pitcher that somebody might be able to want to take that sh- <laughs> excuse me somebody wants to take that shot on them Wade Miley is actually pitching a veteran. Ooh. I feel like some team like the Rays, if they need a number four, number five pitcher, would be willing to take a flyer on a veteran. Uh, Amir Garrett, another guy, he, he as troubling as he can be, uh, he still throws heat. And then Rafael Raziel Iglesias, he was somebody who was coming into the season, he was going to be the closer, and he has not lived up to his expectations so far. 
Dude, the A's would normally look at guys like Wade Miley and be like, ooh, a veteran who had like success in the past but could probably do a lot better in a pitcher's ballpark. Like That's a good spot. Oh. But I feel like that wouldn't help us now. No, we're at like the what the the only thing that we need is a fucking stud to lead off to like start it off. Yeah, and uh, would think about last year with Tanner Roark, and you have to think about too or the reason why over these last couple years where the A's have a trade deadline two years ago was for Mike Fires. Last season was Homer Bailey and Tanner Roark was like yeah they did they didn't want to make those big moves because. We knew mm. our guys were coming. We knew Jesus was going to be coming up. We knew AJ Puck was yeah. going to be coming up. So why would we waste our assets on right now when let's just get some guys, get them on expiring contracts or a two-year contract, and let and then when these guys are come out, come up with Jesus and Puck, mm. we're here. But now we're at the point where they are here. Jesus has been has been lights out, and Puck to be determined. But from what we saw last year, he's he's the real deal and now we're at this point so like but like i think my point is that um a solid veteran who was really good in the past isn't gonna help us because at this point i don't even think they make the rotation you know like it's just like it it, it's not as helpful as it would was a couple years ago like it's not gonna be like that number three starter who's gonna come in and give us solid 10 starts like it's just it's just not what it is we need we need the the fucking gunslinger ace to go match up with our two aces in Montas and and Lazardo at the top of rotation to where we go into a series and we're looking down at I don't know whoever the the Toronto Blue Jays eighth seed would be the Blue Jays and they're just like fuck we got it like <laughs> Vladimir Jr. and and uh, and uh, Craig uh, and Bijo's son are gonna look at this like oh fuck like you know and gonna be an intimidation so jesse winker is a he's not a free agent until 2024 so uh his contract's not too favorable um okay so let's get into what the a's are looking for um i mean it's episode for this i could i could see us adding a bullpen piece but we don't need one so it's like how much do we want to give up and spend for one what we could use is what we've been alluding to so many times in this podcast it's We've dropped so many hints. I think it's pretty obvious. Is a stud starting pitcher to just go. I still think Frankie's number one, no matter who we get in in if if anybody in this um, trade deadline. I think Frankie is just too good when he's good to not start off a playoff series. But like to be that number two guy. Oh, do you uh, do you want to go first? I'll pick whoever so. the guy is that you don't pick. Okay, so we, there's two guys for the listeners. There's two guys yeah. that we that we saw linked to and we have masturbated privately to. <laughs> Sorry, that was great. Uh, yeah, I we have not done that. We've been very excited <laughs> about it. It was a metaphor. <sighs> Sorry Anyways. for the kids. First guy, um, Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer, if you don't know, he is currently pitching for the Cincinnati Reds. And he is one of the Cy Young favorites in the National League right now. Uh, we kind of alluded to it. The Reds have been kind of a dumpster fire so far in this season. They are 11-17. and 17, And he is going to be a free agent in the coming season. And there's nothing that this team loves than those good old expiring contracts. Take a, take a, a round on them, more or less. 
Um, now, the thing about with somebody like him, who we're not going to be the only team going after him if no. these rumors are true. The I really do believe the Yankees will make a push for him. Yeah, I absolutely. Don't, yeah, it, it, especially seeing how inconsistent some of their starters have been with, and then James Paxton hitting the DL. Uh, this it's funny because this we actually thought of this all because of a hypothetical trade that Mark DeRosa put out on MLB Central and MLB Network, which is mm-hmm. the A's would trade Trevor get Trevor Bauer, and who's petting free agent, and would give away Dalton Jeffries, who's our number nine prospect, and Austin Beck, who is our number nineteen prospect. If that's all it took, again, hypothetical, do it. Do it right now. So it will take more than that. Yeah. <laughs> that's just a fact. Especially, it's going to be an um, arms race. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's And let's like try and think about what the Reds' needs are at the moment. Um I mean, I, I guess you could say they could use more pitching, so I was a little bit surprised that, that he threw in two pitchers in that. Or um, Austin Beck's outfielder, sorry. Oh, Austin, Austin Beck. Oh, okay. Um, I mean... Logan... Wait, who was it again, the the, the pitcher? Dalton Jeffries? Dalton Jeffries. Who's, he's... I would be more than willing... He's supposed to be up in the major leagues right now anyway. Um, he's very good. He's 25 years old. I would be more than willing to give up Dalton Jeffries. I mean, that is a fact. You can take him. Um, he, yeah, he's supposed to be very good. Um, Austin Beck, ugh, he, I really like him. Um, I know there we have a lot of outfielders though, Sky Bolt, um, who are supposed to come up in the next year. But it, just the guys who are ready to come up now, it worries me because Canna and Piscotti's contracts expire after next season so it's like knowing the a's they're not going to resign those guys so they're going to just be next man up and who do we want to be next man up austin beck and sky bolt have both played very well in the minor leagues and look very promising to take those two spots but me and you talked about this a lot we have a lot of shortstops in our minor league system as well could they potentially be converted to outfielders nick allen uh, Sheldon Noyce, Logan Davis, really? Luis Bur- uh, Barrera. Oh, actually, Barrera is an outfielder. Um, I don't know, man. I uh, what? What's a trade? I because that's not going to be enough. What's a trade that you would do for him, for Bauer? Um, we also have to remember too our first round pick this last year. That's Tyler Stevenson. He is a catcher right now, but. Um, Bryce Harper was just that as a catcher. I think he could be one of these guys who could make the transition. Uh, but what would it take? Jeez. I think 100% Logan – I mean, uh, um, Dalton Jeffries is in that trade. They're going to need one of our top prospect pitchers. Yeah. As of right now, Fangraphs has Austin Beck as the number four prospect in the, in the Ace Farm system. I think it might be the point where – Probably those two guys, you want to maybe trade somebody who's going to be major league bet ready. Maybe somebody like Franklin Barreto. I don't know if really anybody's going to really take that shot on him. 
Yeah. Uh, Parker Dunchy is another name. That, yeah. Parker Dunchy was somebody who was getting a lot of hype out of spring training that he could be somebody that'd be shipped. James Caprillion. Uh, we were, we were talking about him a lot over when he initially got called up. He was only up there for a short time and then he immediately got brought back down and us being cons- the weirdo cons- baseball conspiracy theorists we are, we're thinking that maybe they just wanted to bring him up to show him what he has. So realistically, I could see a trade where it would be a Austin Beck, James Caprillion, and Dalton Jeffries. It, the losing Beck would hurt, absolutely. Uh, but right now, if, again, if you look at what the top 10, our next outfielder would be Lazaro uh, Armenteros. That's who I was thinking. Maybe we could throw him in there. Yeah, and it sounds like he's going to be a few years away from being called up. Uh, we already has hinted towards Sky Bolt, Luis Barrera. There's some depth there. We just don't know if those guys are going to be ready to go when by the time Piscotti and Canna would potentially leave. You could also see them just kind of plug-and-play guys. We didn't expect Robbie Grossman to be the kind of play that he is. And who knows? Maybe there could be another Robbie Grossman out there who's just this journeyman guy. We bring him in, for, and he's actually become putting up good numbers. Do you think that'd be enough, though? Do you think a I, uh... Beck, Caprillion, Jeffries would be enough to lure them? As, as someone who tries to watch the A's um, farm system pretty closely, and I go to spring training often, been three times in the last five years, I've been really excited about Sky Bolt and Austin Beck, and they've been playing really well, and they're ready to go up right now. They would fill in perfectly. You bring them up as, like, bench guys next year, and they just fucking start the year after that. So it would fucking hurt to have to give up both of them um, ideally, none, of, neither of them, because. But I feel, yeah, you're right. I mean, you're gonna have to give up one of them. It's probably gonna be a Beck because Beck's the better outfielder. Um, and, and and you threw two pitchers in there. I don't know if they want this many pitchers. No, yeah, that's true. Um, another point that we really gotta drive home here is on. We talked about the pending free agency next year of Canna Piscotti. Marcus free agent coming up. Uh, Liam Hendricks free agency coming up. Yeah. Uh, Yusmera Petit free agency coming up. Like three core guys are going to be are probably gone. Mm-hmm. And the odds are, we've been the A's have been building for this to happen for this time for years. Twenty fourteen. Yeah. yeah, for years. That this is arguably the most talented team that we've seen. Like we vividly remember seeing maybe in our lifetime, maybe probably the 20, 2002 Moneyball team is the really only team yeah. that really hold a candle to it. But like, Bo Mel said this is the best team he's managed. you got to make these moves if you really want to be taken seriously because if you're going to be going into New York and going over to Tampa and getting a playoff series and get those guys, you know what they're going to bring, especially Tampa's rotation. you got the Bronx Bombers over there, the Savages. And I think if you got somebody like Trevor Bauer, that would – that you would they would be the, at least if not the world series favorites they'd at least be the al favorites that's the other thing that worries me too it's like so if they want an infielder like i'm a little bit nervous to give up nick allen logan davis or sheldon noise because we don't really have a second baseman now 
Tony Kemp is a is a one year deal. I don't see him coming back. Um, and then Marcus, as much as it hurts, like I think the writing's on the wall. Otherwise, they would have extended him already. Like he's not coming back. He's gonna get the six year, hundred twenty million dollars somewhere else, and that's where he's gonna go. Um, so one of these guys are gonna two of these guys are gonna fill those spots. Um, what about Robert Powson? Young, His name is you Robert could de- Powson. You could. His name is Robert. You could develop him. He's our number four prospect, seventeen years old, um, and it wouldn't be too much of a hit to this current team because the way I'm seeing is this is the best team he's ever managed. Cool. We have a shot at the World Series this year. Great. But, like, I don't want to just be, like, a one-and-done, like, 2014. Like, I want to go for the next three or four years. So, like, giving up Nick Allen, Logan Davis, Sheldon Noyce, Austin Beck, Sky Bolt. A little bit worrisome. So, like, what about Robert Powson, Dalton Jeffries? Hmm. Chris Davis. <laughs> yeah, right. Um... May, I think they might go for Barreto. That's a pretty solid package right there. You're getting a almost a for sure thing in Dalton Jeffries as a pitcher, barring any injuries. You're getting a really good young prospect that's going to be up in four years probably. Um, that could be the future of your team because right now he's 17 years old. He's a number four prospect. He's going to be the number one prospect on our list for the next couple of years. So. That's a shortstop. Um, and then you get a proven MLB player. Who knows? Maybe uh, he's just not getting enough at-bats with us. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I wouldn't say he's proven, but there were signs of it a couple years ago when him and Olsen and uh, who was the – oh, my God, when they went back-to-back-to-back to back to back home runs in Chicago a couple years ago. Or is it, yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. but um, – And he can play multiple positions as well. Yeah, outfield, infield – I think that would be enough because in reality, if we're thinking about who the biggest contenders who would try to get Trevor Bauer, we would probably think it would be the Yankees because mm-hmm. they have the, they need the rotation help. Uh, Rays are pretty set rotation-wise. The Twins, I think, are pretty much anchored. Uh, the Indians just traded him away. Um, the White Sox, probably not. Uh, rotation's more or less set over there. And then the Astros, you're funny. That's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to want is... talent now that's ready next year because they just signed all these big contracts to these um, players, these veterans that are good now, and they're going to want to compete next year. Yeah, they're not competing this year, but they're going to want to compete next year. So they're going to want a talent that's going to be on their roster next year. Yeah. And then so it's... also and then we're throwing in this like bonus piece that's going to be four years from now. So it kind of like pat his downs there, farms us a little more. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think those are probably the two biggest contenders, at least in the American League, National League. Uh, the Cubs, God, I can see me. Like, all that for like 20 games, too. That just kills me. Yeah, but it's. Kills me. But we'll see. But here, I have a hypothetical for you. Okay, so you don't want to put this much of an investment into a player that you're potentially only going to have for 20 games. Completely understandable. Who would our number two guy be? In a rotation right now? No, no, I'm sorry. 
that's because Trevor Bauer is our number two pick. Our number one guy we want the A's to trade for. Who would be yeah. the number two guy you want the A's to trade for? Oh, Mike Clevenger. That's that was a good right. Away. Mike uh, Clevenger. So, so his contract's a lot more favorable. So he's a free agent. I have it up right here. 2023. 2023. So we'd have him for two seasons. Um, he's arbitration eligible this year, so probably have to. He'll probably get paid some good money, but um, I mean, yeah, I would be willing to give up that and maybe more if we had to. I would be willing to throw Austin Beck in that deal if we had to get Clevenger because we get him for the next three years. Um, and he, I, I mean, not as I mean, he's up there though, not as good of a pitcher, but he's up there. Yeah, and um, something we got to add to in case you're probably wondering earlier, saying. Hey, Chris and Julio, you guys are just talking about how good the Indians are this season, and they're overachieving. Why would they trade one of their better pitchers? Well, because Humboy's kind of lost his, their team's trust in the locker room after the yeah, whole. Yeah, they don't like him very much. Yeah, after the whole dilemma with him and Zach, please, Zach, uh, breaking quarantine and having to more or less take a two week mandatory vacation from the team. Uh, there's definitely some fallout with that, and something we know over Terry Francona's history of being the skipper in Cleveland is he's not afraid to trade those problems. Trevor Bauer last season, yeah, had that meltdown in Kansas City, nuked a ball into center field, and within a week he was traded. We could see that scenario happening. Is it something that we think is actually going to happen? We don't know. I think it, it, it's a lot higher likelihood that Trevor Bauer gets traded. But if there's a shot with Clevenger, fuck it. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, for A's fans who haven't seen him, just go, just Google him. This guy looks like he belongs in Oakland. He's got long hair. He's got tattoos. He's just like a hipster through and through. See him without clothes. He's like, you know, he's got the man bun going. Like he's just, he just belongs with us. He just looks like a cool dude. Yeah. Um, he, hopefully he gets his shit together, but he just looks like a cool dude. Yeah, you definitely you'll see him on a Friday night at Drake's dealership in Oakland. That's for sure. One thousand. <laughs> He's not a so, Walnut Creek guy like a lot of those other guys. This one is a, again a little bit, a little bit less likely, um, but uh, just because. Uh, you know he's up, he's um, locked up with them a little bit longer, and he's younger and whatnot. But if everything that Julio just said is correct, there is a shot. And I, yeah, again, I'd be willing to give up more. Would you be willing to give up more? Uh, yeah, just for that control. We, when speaking of contracts, because this is all we do have to really talk about. Mike Fires is going to be a pending free agent in the coming, mm-hmm. the following year. Easily slide into that fire spot in the rotation. And then you have a one through four rotation, at least, of Puck, Lazardo, Montas, and Clevenger, which is great if you can get that yeah. there. Yeah, and then Bassett bringing up the rear in number yeah. five. Again, I think more teams have got to worry about. I literally typed Mike Clevenger in Google, and the very first thing that came up was Mike Clevenger Yankees. So <laughs> I think the Yankees are probably going to be at least the biggest contender, at least in our and in the American League when it comes to pitching. If they have enough enough to offer, yes, they'll they'll They're find the a way. They'll if find like, a way, oh yeah. well, here's our here's an okay prospect, but here's ten million dollars. Yeah, yeah, they'll find a um, way. And then we want to just touch really quickly on last one, which we think was kind of interesting last night when we were just going through potential pending free agents um, to solve a more permanent second baseman problem. Player has been p- playing really well. Jonathan Scope this year. Um, 
Who is he on again? I can't uh, Jonathan Scope it. is on the Detroit Tigers. Tigers. Uh, some Terrible of you team. might remember him from his time with Baltimore uh, back in the uh, mid to uh, mid 20-aughts to 2017, where he was an all-star in 2017. Yeah. Uh, after the 28-17 season, he kind of had some weird seasons. That's when he got traded over to... Milwaukee, and then he spent this last season in Minnesota, where he actually put up pretty good numbers. He had 23-yard home runs. But this season, he's having a little bit of rejuvenation in Detroit. He's batting 286, 7 home runs, 16 RBIs. Um, I know Chris and I have been huge fans of the second base kind of rotation of Tony Kemp and Chad Pinder and I guess Franklin Barreto now. Uh yeah. But Detroit is obviously not going anywhere. I think the one thing that we can all kind of agree on is, yes, our hitters are awesome when they're on. We hit for a lot of power, but they're not consistent. To bring in somebody who's a little bit more of a consistent hitter in terms of average with, with Jonathan Scope, why not take that shot? And he, he's good defensively, too. Um yeah, I mean, if we, uh, it depends on how much um, we have to give up for him. Uh, that's kind of like my big thing. I think we only would need to give up like two prospects for him, which is I'm good with that. Yeah, I, um, I, oh yeah. Go ahead, go, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I think because of he has he is he, he's not like an elite player right now, and he's an yeah. aspiring contract, so they're probably like, well, get something out of them better than nothing. And he's a solid, like, 250 hitter, on like, average normally. 250 yeah. hitter, 25-plus home runs. Like, that sounds fucking great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I that We just think it'd be interesting. It probably not, isn't going to happen. I don't even think he's really on the block, but, you know. Yeah. yeah I know they've the Tigers, there's been some talk about guys like Matthew Boyd being on the block. Um, CJ Crone as well, since he was over there. But, uh, yeah, no talk about scope yet and I'd hope so I think that'd be a really great addition to have him and somebody at, hitting at the bottom of the lineup to kind of be like your hypothetical second leadoff hitter kind of thing yeah now there is one more name I brought it up last night I don't think it's going to happen anymore just because after seeing the bullpen how it's performed this past week and that is Sean Doolittle um, oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, yeah. yeah we, you talked about that. Yeah, talked about it for a hot minute. He's currently injured. Things have not gone well in Washington. Well, period. But also their baseball team. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, the base, the Nationals have not been good. Hampered with injuries. Uh, Juan Soto again. Your fantasy team. Do your little killing thing. it. Yeah. There you go. Uh, the He's been the one bright light, but the rest of the team has been injured. There's been a lot of struggles, kind of that World Series hangover. They're 11 and 17 right now, and Sean Doolittle's currently out. If there's, yeah, I feel like they're more or less out of it. Yeah, yeah. It's more if you're just and with Strasburg especially being done for the season, and Scherzer has been kind of hampered with his injuries. That I think that's kind of a wrap on the season, which kind of sucks because they were awesome. World Series winner. Yeah. But uh, we know one thing for sure. The A's love, him bringing, love bringing back their guys. Jed yeah. Lowry, Kurt Suzuki, 
Brett uh, Anderson. Brett Anderson, Trevor Cahill. Trevor Cahill. Um, I think this would be a really cool trade. I think he was probably at his happiest. We can't speak for him, obviously. But he may have been as happiest as a player as a member of those ace teams. Um, I just think it'd be tough for him with his wife moving and all that stuff. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It, again, we don't know if this is something that is even rumored to talk because he's injured, or if this is even a move the ace should even make because of how good their their bullpen has been. Kind of, if yeah. it's not broken, don't fix it. Kind of thing. Uh, but hey. I, I I miss him. I'll say you know. I'll say I it. do love the guy, and I, I love him. how outspoken and real he is. Yeah, especially on social media, it's been great. Okay, cool. So let's um let's wrap it up. Let's uh, preview the coming week, and then we'll pick our essential tool of tailgate tool of the week for next week. All right. So uh, we will be the Oakland A's will be once they finish off their series with Texas tomorrow. Uh, we'll when you're listening to this today, uh, Thursday. The 27th, they head to Houston, which I don't know if that series will be played because the Hurricane either. We'll see. We talked a lot about that, Julio. Maybe they can get one game out of it. Maybe they can do a doubleheader. Um, if not, they're going to have to hit it on the way back in the September, the early September series they got going. Um, but that's their last chance to, to finish that series up, though, because they only have one more series left after this one. So... Assuming that everything with the hurricane passes through, Friday twenty eighth, Houston six ten p.m. start time. Saturday the 29th, four ten p.m. start time. Sunday the thirtieth, eleven ten a.m. start time. That's interesting. Oh, time difference, duh. Um, yep. And then uh, we head to Seattle, so that should be pretty easy. Um, a couple. Um, uh, just for heads up for the viewers, a couple of national TV games on the slate that weren't on the schedule a couple weeks ago. So I think that Major League Baseball saw the ratings bump in the A's that we talked about last week, and they're like, let's throw these guys on national TV. So got a couple games on Fox and a couple games on FS1. So if you freak out and you turn on NBC Sports and the A's aren't playing, it's because they're over on Fox. Just heads up. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, it's it's... Chris and I have uh, um, kind of complained that like they, they they're not getting recognition right now. They're the best team in the American League. They're pretty close to being the best team in baseball right now, and we're starting to get some of that stuff. So it's cool. Um, yeah, they became second in the power rankings on ESPN this week. By the way, I don't know if I told you that this week. power rankings. But yeah, the Hurricane Laura is currently touching down in Louisiana. So um, I doubt we have anybody listening out there. But if you are, please stay safe. Um, all that stuff um but yeah there's a there's a they haven't really said what the plan is they're saying that by the time the a's would be playing in houston the hurricane may have like either gone over it or have passed through which is kind of terrifying uh but we'll see there's a the possibility we may not have any baseball this weekend with at least yeah the which series. would be a bummer because Basketball is probably done for the season two, so I guess it's back to cornhole. Cornhole MLS, on Saturday baby. mornings. MLS. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but and also another thing <laughs> we got. I know we're so quick to dismiss Seattle and rightfully so, uh, but we're, we're probably going to be seeing a really different team by that point. 
I think we're probably going to be seeing yeah, some guys who point. who we're pretty familiar with seeing are going to be gone. Uh, case in point, we didn't actually didn't get a chance to talk about this. Uh, Daniel Vogelbach, if you remember last season, he was one of the guys who was hitting dingers all over the place at the beginning of the season. Um, he actually was traded, I believe, hmm. to the for cash considerations, right? Uh, yeah, to the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, yeah, for just some cash. Yeah, so who knows? We don't be shocked if we see guys like maybe D. Gordon, Kyle Seeger, but yeah. And uh, another heads up: A's fans, tune in on Sunday to ESPN. They will probably have a trade deadline special or MLB Network. I, the A's will most likely just be in the conversation, so you'll want to be up to date on that. Yeah. Okay, let's pick our essential tool of the week, Julio. Um, you go first. As always. Yeah. Uh, again, this whole ser- this whole show was tune in later kind of thing, and uh, I'm not really picking one specific guy. Okay. I'm picking more so a set of guys, and these okay. set of guys are our fringe bullpen guys. Mm. These are. Uh, in this pack, I include Lou Trevino, uh, Jordan Weems, and Daniel Mangden. Three specific reasons why I pick these guys. Puck is going to be coming back pretty soon. Uh, he's pitching as of okay. this recording. He's going to be pitching on the uh, some innings in an alternate site game on Friday. And it sounds like he's pretty close to getting brought back up to the hmm. majors. With that being said, uh, our bullpen has been lights out, but there's all there's probably going to be somebody who's going to be the man left out. Lou Trevino was one of these guys who in consideration, but as I mentioned earlier with my player of the week, he's been playing a lot better over the last couple weeks. He probably would have been <coughs> your go-to pick. He probably would have, like, a week ago, you would have been like, oh, yeah, it's Lou Trevino. Yeah, like, exactly. Good. Exactly, yeah, yeah. but he's really been picking it up. Uh, yeah. Jordan Weems, he... Uh, he had a decent start. Uh, he's kind of wishy-washy. He got hurt, came back. We haven't seen too much of him since then. Yeah, he's had uh, a couple, Daniel Mangden, who, yeah. yeah, Daniel Mangden, who is again constantly kind of a punching bag for us. But he, when he, we need him in the long relief, he's actually been out there and he's done a pretty yeah. good job. And the odds are one of these guys are going to be the ones left out. So I think the thing you got to keep an eye on over these next week of games is. Whenever these guys are in there, make sure you're watching. Put down your phone, um, tell your kids to be quiet, <laughs> and <laughs> focus on these guys because uh, the odds are one of these guys might not be there. It's going to be a competition there, and yeah. who knows, maybe that might be something that will spark something out of one of these guys that really makes them push forward. And don't be shocked if one of these guys end up being a part of a trade package because of that. But yeah, we'll point. see. I'm excited to see this kind of competition, especially when Puck comes up. Cool. I like it. Um, I dig it. All right, so uh, my essential tool of the week is going to be um, Frankie Montas. So he's coming off a couple tough starts. His last one he did a little bit better, but um, later in innings he struggled. Um, If he – we're going to – he's just so important. He's just so important to our staff and our team. Um, He – is hands down our ace when he's on. He's there's no better pitcher in our rotation than him. 
Um, I guess you could argue Lizardo, but I just feel like Frankie's stuff is so good. Um, so I just want to watch. I think he's going to have two starts this week, so I just want to watch and see how he does. And I think it's going to be crucial that he bounces back, especially going um, into Houston. We're going to need him there. We're going to need his start, quality start out of him. So Frankie Montas is my essential tailgate tool of the week. See, si, see, si, very intriguing. <laughs> that's a Dan Levitar reference for uh, for those of you who don't know. All right, Julio. I think that's going to do it for today's trade deadline special yeah. podcast. It's going to be awesome. Very We're... long, but that's because this is our favorite time of the year. Um. It's it, yeah, we're gonna be some really interesting stuff going on this week, but honestly, probably nothing will happen. Let's <laughs> be real. Yeah. Uh, and if and, something does, we'll be here to recap it in a lot of detail t- next week. You're goddamn right. All right, so let's pack it up. Let's head in game time. Julio, you're gonna bring uh, wine to the walk to the uh, ticket line this time, or are you gonna bring? Uh, grab Actually, a can you know beer? what? Um, I've I gotta watch out for that quarantine weight. I'm gonna go ahead and bring in some claws because Ooh, ain't no laws. Sneak the white claws. claws. That's right, baby. Thank you for listening, everybody. Um, subscribe. Uh, we will be here every week talking A's, talking baseball because we love it so much. Yes. And we'll see you next week. Peace. And let's go, Oakland. The town tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, (laughs) and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.